0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to
1: podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze.
0: Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show.
1: Change the drive to work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. I have been told that this is a safe space and I need to know if that's true. Is this a safe space like... Like, if I told you how blessed plain potato chips are dipped in hot sauce, like, are you side eyeing me or not? Like, how safe are we here? I know that example was small, but like, let's be honest about the times we say we're judgment free, but we're actually judging ourselves and others as we compare the way we live our lives. I'm excited for today's co host. This episode, we have Jay Barnett, a former athlete and now a best selling author and licensed therapist. Journeying from sports to speaker took a toll on his psyche that included self-judgment. If you have found yourself being judgmental with yourself, and perhaps even judgmental with others, this check-in with Jay is going to help you learn to pivot, because he's going to share with us how he pivoted and learned to endure. Let's go. Hello.
0: Hey, how you doing, Pastor Sarah?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank doing you well. for taking awesome. the time
1: to speak with us. I know we're going to be so excited to hear about your story and journey.
0: Yes, yes. I'm excited to uh, to, to speak with you and, and and to share. So thank you for this great opportunity.
1: Okay, so May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And as you know, uh, there's been such stigma about mental health in the black community, in the faith community. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with a judgment that we have towards owning our feelings, emotions, and issues, and whether or not it makes us weak. Not vulnerable, not human, but there's this connotation that it makes us weak. Jay, I am wondering, what are some of your thoughts as it relates to the capacity for judgment that we have as it relates to mental health?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think the, uh, when you look at judgment, a lot of it's centered around shame. And many times there's such this shame and this fear of how we are going to be viewed when someone sees certain parts of us that we are afraid to show them. And so when you look at individuals who deal with not just mental health issues, because I believe that there's a huge difference in a mental health disorder and a mental health issue, Mm. a disorder is what we deal with the schizophrenia, the bipolar, the personality disorders and all those different things. They, sometimes the issues uh, mentally can be challenged. It can be feelings of sadness yeah. that can lead to depression. Uh, it can be uh, feelings of anxiousness because it, you you are afraid to fail. right? Uh, it can be feelings that you have when you have these negative thoughts because no one uh, in your family encouraged you to pursue your dreams. So you have this fear of, of failing. And, and I think what happens, happens with us is that the judgment becomes so heavy because we are wanting people to see the best of us. But Mm. the reality of it is that there are some parts of us that we don't want people to see. And and I like to talk about these parts that you have to use gloves to pick up Mm. because I don't really want them to know that I'm struggling with this. And I think to highlight Not just the mental uh, health, but to highlight that there is a issue in society that we have overlooked. And I think that's why mental health has become uh, the topic of discussion over the past couple of years, because the pandemic made everybody sit down. Everybody had to look. Everybody had to look at themselves. You couldn't run. If you was married to somebody you want to be married with, you had to look at them. Yeah. If you was at a job that you 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 wasn't really sure about, you didn't like, you had to kind of reevaluate. And so, uh, mental health is really centered around the three elements of life: your emotional, your mental, and your physical. And I think the more that we begin to look at the humanity of who we are as beings, it's going to allow us to really give attention to understand that. You have got to give attention to your mental health.
1: Mm. Okay, Jay, I'm wondering, do you think that part of the reason why we struggle to be open and honest about our mental health, particularly in our community and family environments, is because we have been in the room or engaged in conversation about other people going through vulnerable moments and been a part of making a judgment about, I can't believe they're acting a fool, or, you know, she went crazy, or I can't believe that she's still sad about something that happened 10, 15. 15, 20 years ago. And when we engage in judgment, do you think that it changes the way that we judge ourselves?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, because what, what happened is most of us have grown up in families that did not validate what we felt. Mm. And either they did not validate be- because they didn't understand it or they didn't validate it because someone never validated their emotions and feelings. So what happened is you you project Only what you've experienced and you project what you have really, you you know, dealt with on the inside. So what happened is mom never received support from her mother. So in turn, she now projects her fear her insecurity, her anxiety, her failed relationships. And so now her perspective becomes her daughter's perspective because I am now giving what I have. Mm-hmm. And so when we have not received love, when we have not received acceptance, when we have not received validation, we now begin to invalidate our own feelings, So, which creates a lot of self-betrayal because if there's a difficulty and acknowledging what you feel when you grew up in a household when they didn't acknowledge anything.
1: Okay, so that makes me wonder, because you used an example about what a mother passes on to a daughter. And I find that a lot of times in these mental health conversations, I think because women have an inclination to be more conversational and more vulnerable, that we understand the connection between the traumas and the generational traumas. Mm -hmm. What do you think Men who have not been affirmed, men who have not wrapped their minds around emotional vocabulary or their own trauma, what are they secretly passing down that we haven't yet tapped into as a society?
0: They're they're passing down the same thing. It Mm -hmm. looks different because a man who was not validated uh, by his father or by his mother is now seeking validation and acceptance from the world. And what happened is, is that when you are not validated and when you have not been seen, you show up to the world with an uh, with a question. Mm. So you're looking, you're looking into the world. Am I enough? Do you see me? And so for the man, what it looks like is, well, let me go and get the car. Um, This is why you see, uh, particularly in black communities where young men are. Attracted to hustling, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, if I hustle and I get this money, then they're now going to look at me as if I'm the man. If I'm the man, I have respect. If I have respect, I can now get the woman. But what happened is, is that when that man does not have respect for himself, he now passes down that invalidation to another man. Because at that point, it's nothing for me to pick up a gun and take another brother out, mm-hmm. Because I don't I don't I don't see myself as being valuable, so I don't value anyone else's life. And so we see this often passed down in men in very disruptive behavior, uh, promiscuous behavior, uh, a a very volatile, abusive behavior, addictive behavior. So you see it in so many different facets of life where brothers have not been embraced. Um, It's hard for them to be open. It's hard for them to really uh, tap into their emotions. And, and, and I like to, you know, say, and let me see. And because, it, it, you know, I, I'm sure people will say, well, uh, you hear guys say, well, women are emotional. But I would say men are just as emotional. Agreed. It just comes out in different facets. Yeah. I, I tell brothers often you are a lion and a lamb, which means is that as much as you have masculine energy, you have feminine. So there's duality in who we are in our personality that there's a part of me that wants to roar. But there's also this part of me that has a sensitive nature and a sensitive side that you can cry yeah. and you can allow something Uh, To pull on your heartstrings where you feel tug, whether it's in the spirit realm or you feel pulled by the emotions where, hey, you, you know, the relationship, you know, that 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 came to an end, it hurted you like you hear guys be like, oh, bro, you know, move on to the next most destructive, toxic, (laughs) unhealthy behavior ever, because we, you know, I grew up you know, around a bunch of guys, um, uh, uncles, and you heard the only way to get over one woman is to get you another one. Yeah. And what this did was it taught men how not to acknowledge their emotions, but now you're catering to the physicality of it and you're not healing anything. So you're perpetuating a cycle of destructive and, 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 and very volatile behavior.
1: Okay, you didn't say about 50 limb things that I need to address, <laughs> about, about 50 limb of them. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to address them all, but I'm going to try. Okay, I need a notepad. Yeah. Okay, first of all, you said when you are not validated and affirmed that you show up in the world as a question. That stood out in my mind because I believe that part of the reason the reason why God created us is to show up as an answer. That God said there's going to be brokenness in the world. There's going to be evil in in the world and so I am crafting you to be a solution to what ails the world exactly. and so when we are not validated in our family circles and we show up in the world as a question am I good enough do I have what it takes we are robbing the world of the essence of why God created us yes. which is to be a solution but the beautiful thing about relationship with God is that God can answer the questions that your parents projected on you that your community projected exactly. on you and so surrender to God is saying I'm laying down my question to receive your answer. So that was one of the um, 50 11. And the <laughs> second thing that you uh, said about men Going into the world seeking validation made me think about relationships because at Woman Evolve I'm constantly hearing from women who are like, you know, there is this successful man and I he doesn't understand that I want to be his ride or die. Like I wanna stick by his side. I don't care if he's climbing the corporate ladder or he's just getting up off of his feet. And yet there seems to be a sense from these women that the men feel like they have to arrive or be successful or be whole before they they can invite someone into their journey not realizing Mm -hmm. that a lot of women are willing to deal with who they are in hopes that they will continue to grow not not just dating someone for their potential but i see where you're headed and i can get on this train with you you're not stagnant you're moving towards growth and development so i'm not talking about somebody who's just you know out here doing whatever but someone who's making an effort why is it that you think that uh it's difficult for men to trust a woman with their vulnerability
0: well, uh, number one, I'll start here. In our culture, uh, I believe w- women, the girls, at one time were raised, and the boys were loved. So there was so much independence that we never understood interdependence. Mm. So one, so no one knows how to work together. So everybody has their own pursuits. Mm-hmm. So the the woman has heard, girl, go get your, go get your degree. Yeah. Don't depend on no man. <laughs> go get it yourself. The guy has heard, if you ain't got it, she doesn't want you. So everybody has a very singular mindset. And so when they show up in relationships, they show up not understanding how do I even coexist with someone else to even build something, to have an understanding that we both can share how we feel, what we think and share our goals. And it's not this individual driven mindset. Yeah. So it's hard for them to even fathom that. So you have these, these, uh, these brothers who feel that, Well, I can only get there by myself because I'm self-made, which is there's no such thing as being self-made because there's nothing that we're going to get in this life that's not going to come through the hands of somebody else or through the mouth of somebody else. And that's what I believe, because I feel like to to really achieve anything, there has to be an ecosystem where you have a connective energy and influence and relationships that this led to that. Right. And so. Uh, so we don't really understand how, c- how to work together in community. So we don't see it in our families. So it's hard to, to reenact it in relationships. So when that woman comes along and says, hey, I'm willing to walk with you, it's foreign to him mm. because he feels like, well, I got to get here by myself. Wow! And if I don't get here by myself, will you respect me the same if you help me get it? Because now there's this fear that if you help me get it, I now have to be concerned about will this come up in another topic that you didn't get here by yourself. So I had to help you. Mm. So this man now feels like his masculinity and his manhood is going to be questioned. So he has his one track mind. that No, I got to get it myself. That way I can say I earned it. I got it out the mud, the whole mantra, you know, that whole understanding. But then on the other side of the spectrum, right, you have the woman who was driven and she's successful and she gets there. But then it's like, well, how do I connect and build with somebody that may not be where, I, where I'm at, uh, educational or intellectually? And that's why the mental health uh, conversation is so uh, important and so vital to where we are in our community because it's really just understanding how we function as human beings but more importantly how we function as people and especially in our culture Yeah because we it's it's been so divided so when I see my sister who's doing well and if I haven't arrived where I want in life yeah. as a man I feel some type of way Yeah and I feel less than because well do she even really need me mm. And not understanding that she's not looking for you to come in and financially, you know, take care of her. Of course, you know, she wants financial stability, but there's a part of her that's looking for you to connect with her emotionally. And that's a misconception that a lot of men have. Well, she got money. Well, what does she need with me? Yeah. And then the, the mm. other misconception is that the man feel once I get money, then I have all I all I need. No. God places here for connection and community. He placed us here to build outside of ourselves and understand that there is a greater objective and a greater mission. That's why relationships are so powerful. That's why purposeful relationships yeah. blossom, and that's why relationships that are not built on purpose are disasters. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it, it's so it's imperative that we have an understanding of who we are as individuals. And that's what I love about therapy uh, from my experience is that once I got into therapy, I began to understand more about myself and not these uh, labels and these socializations that you're supposed to do this as a man, men go to work, Uh, men don't cook. And so you begin to, do away with the gender roles and do away with all of these labels that society places on you because there's different constructs that are in the way to says, well, you know, my wife has to come home and cook every day. Well, that's not reality. And so when you get to a place where you have an understanding and you're able to deconstruct certain ideologies, you now understand, no, we build an ecosystem where we work together. One day she cooks. One day I'm cooking. One day I'm cleaning. And you have this harmony in a relationship. And until brothers begin to work on themselves, that's the reason why I'm on tour right now with Jess Hill Bro Tour, Mm -hmm. amazing tour, national tour, to help brothers to identify not with what's wrong with her, but what could you make better within Uh yourself?
1: That is so good. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about this week is how much capacity we have within ourselves to be judged. Everyone once talks about don't judge me, don't judge me. But <laughs> if we're honest, we make judgments within ourselves. We're judging people's actions. We're judging people's motives. And to recognize that just because I've made a judgment doesn't make it true. Just because I have exactly. a perspective, it doesn't make it true. And I think true humility and true self-works help you to become helps you to become more compassionate and empathetic to the number of reasons why a person acts the way they act why they're mm-hmm. not in a relationship why they are in a relationship but that requires to your point a lot of self-work so Jay did you like just you woke up this woke like you came out the womb just wide awake or like <laughs> like when did you decide like I've nah. been sleeping it's time for me to wake up nah.
0: so a little backstory myself I'm a son of a pastor uh my dad's been pastor for 30 years uh my parents divorced when I was 12. Mm. and um you know a lot of stuff went down in church and my mom moved us to texas but during that time i battled with depression
1: okay
0: And, and 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 football became everything you know i was uh working as a youth minister in my dad's church so i i knew early on that god had his hands on me and um Fast forward, you know, I I go to college and and I play football and I get opportunity in the NFL. Uh, But the one thing that I did was I lived in my faults and I was a boy that was not seen because I grew up around a lot of girls. And so I learned how to be silent. Mm -hmm. But my silence drove me to dark places. So I didn't really understand because when my parents divorced and I had seven uncles. Nobody asked me how I felt. Mm. No uncle took me under his wing. So I was left to kind of just find my way. And that depression led me into dark places. So I'm a two-time suicide uh survivor. Uh mm. and my my second attempt was 10 years ago. And so uh and and I love to share this because one of the things was is that when football failed, football was how I coped. I wasn't going to smoke weed. I wasn't going to drink. But when I put that helmet on, it was my safe place. I felt like I can get away from the abuse because my mom remarried another preacher. Go figure. And uh, mm-hmm. so, and, and it wasn't a great experience, um, you know, and so he was very physically abusive. So I had all of this rejection. I had all of this uh, abandonment and. And it led me to be a very violent person on the football field because it's warranted in that space. But off the field, I was lost. Mm -hmm. And, And it wasn't until after my second attempt that I had this visitation from God. And he said to me, I'll never forget this. He said to me that I have a purpose in all of this. And anyone who struggled with suicide ideation and suicidal thoughts, and uh, and I said this on on my social media in another interview, is that most people are trying. They're not trying to kill themselves. They're trying to kill the pain.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was trying to kill the pain of the memories because I could not get out of the the pictures. Because see, it's it's not so much the traumatic event. It's what the traumatic event does to your brain. Mm. It's the impressions that it leaves on your soul. And I felt like, God, how can we be this first family in church and all of this happened? Like, this, is not, this, this is not because I'm trying to figure out how do I like make sense of this? And when football end, I didn't have a coping mechanism, so I didn't know what to do. Because most men, we identify ourselves by what we do. Yeah. And when you can't do what it is you love to do, you feel like, hey, why am I here? And what I realized is what God revealed to me it wasn't that I had to die, but something in me had to die. And that was the belief systems that I had attached to the narratives because I didn't want to let it go that daddy abandoned his boy because he was an awesome man of God, but he was not the best father. Yeah. And that rub me because I'm like, I'm looking for this longing and this affection. Like, dad, do you see me? So when coach would say that a boy that that validated me and when I didn't have that validation, I would show up to the world. Am I enough? I I, I date this pretty girl. And am I enough? And 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 it wasn't until I I enter into therapy and it wasn't until God revealed to me to go back to grad school because I was working with teenage girls. Um, in foster care in Houston And I created this program The Emotional Recovery Program Where I would go in and work with girls um, That uh, Were victims of sex trafficking they have been raped, molested, the whole nine And I wrote a book, Letters to a Young Queen For young girls And they were just like How in the world you do you put all this stuff together? Because what I was doing was I created something That my sisters needed And it was the validation of my father. So I created this program for this girl because I understood if they can get some clarity on who they can become beyond the events and the trauma that they experience, it would change the trajectory of their life. And that's why I came and I said, wow, this is something like therapy. And that's when I went back to school. So my journey has been that of a journey to even come after football and to talk about the two suicide attempts and to talk about depression. Because one thing about the locker room is that you you can have emotions in the locker room, but you just can't express them. Mm. Now, if your emotions are connected to the game, that's okay. But when your emotions is connected to, hey, I'm going through a breakup or my dad didn't show up to the game, it's different. And you see the guys in the locker room, nobody knows how to address it. But then when I started opening up and talking about these different things, guys like, bro, I thought I was the only one. Wow. Man, me too. And And what really helped me is that therapy and really discovering, you know, the generational things that were attached to me, it helped me to understand even more about God. Because how we, because we see God through the lens of our trauma, whether we know it or not. Yeah. Because if dad was not consistent and you felt abandoned by dad, it's hard for you to understand God's love for you.
1: Yeah.
0: So when I began to heal my father wounds, it changed my relationship with God. Because now I had an understanding that it wasn't necessarily that dad was doing this to me, but dad had a system that shaped him so he can do nothing different. And therapy allowed me to understand that I can change the patterns by changing how I see myself from a healed lens and from a lens that says that, you know what, yes, this happened. But it doesn't have to impact how you decide to move forward because healing is a choice. What did Jesus say to the man of the world? Will I be made whole? So you got to choose your healing. And I decided to choose healing. And that's what led me to this place.
1: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy and chow, we're better for it because life can be full of stressful, okay? It's the unexpected stressors that throw me for a loop. Having access to therapy, especially online, is very convenient and helpful. Whether you're busy or just not ready to meet with someone in person, BetterHelp can help you take care of your mental wellness. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress woman evolve with sarah jakes roberts listeners get 10 percent off their first month at betterhelp.com evolve that's b-e-t-t-e-r H-E-L-P dot com slash Evolve. It's crazy. One of the things that you said about your father was that he was an awesome man of God, but he wasn't the best father. And I think a lot of PKs can relate to that. The idolizing of their father because of what they do on Sunday, but the reconciling of what happens Monday through Saturday. Through
0: Saturday, yeah, man.
1: How do you not lose your relationship with God when you see an up-close front and center view of the hypocrisy of faith or the hypocrisy of church. And I ask this because there are a lot of people who follow uh, you know, my ministry, they follow the podcast, and they're like, I don't do church. I barely do Jesus because I have all of these wounds from the people who disappointed me in the past. And yet you have been open about your scars, but also how you still discovered God in the midst of it all. Was there just like this click for you that helped you to separate them? Or or what do you say to yourself to overcome what you saw versus who God is?
0: (laughs) You know what? What I did was because I, I did walk away from God. You mm-hmm. know, I did say, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with God, and and I did feel that uh, you know church people are full of you know belonging. Like we all have that, but but then I had this realization that church people are just people, mm-hmm. like everyday people, and and I think sometimes we place the church here when really we should look at it as being this place where we are all on a journey. Yeah. And I think when you're able to separate and conceptualize that we are all on a journey and therapy, you know, this is the thing I love about therapy that's so dope is I can do a genogram in a session and I can gain all the knowledge I need about your present behavior by learning about where you come from mm. because the genogram tells me about your grandfather and your grandmother on both sides and you can connect the dots to behavior you can connect the dots to trauma you can connect the dots to be, uh abuse uh, pr- uh promiscuous behavior rape i mean you can find all of that and what i real, <clears throat> excuse me what i realize is that my father had been rejected by his by my grandfather and it was hard for him to really accept who I was because there was a part of him that saw himself in me. And it makes it difficult for you to reconcile with what you didn't have. Yeah. Because you're like, you know, that there, there, there's there's this entitlement, right? And it's not a bad thing because you're like, well, I didn't get that. Why should I give it? But the more that we're able to reconcile and allow that space for new information. To allow that space for healing to truly take place. It it it, bec- it, it becomes more than 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 because we always talk about you know the, the forgiveness part, but it, it 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 creates a space for understanding. Hmm. Meaning, wow, had this happened to me when I was fifteen, I can see how this impacted my mother.
1: Yeah.
0: And why she couldn't love me the way that I needed to be loved because no one never loved her. And if she was treated different, I grew up in the South where, you know, I have a sister who's light skinned and I have a sister who's brown skinned and they both were treated different. And you can see that, uh, 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 the different dynamics on how they saw each other, you know, even from a, a, a physical view and you have an understanding, Oh, okay. That makes sense because a lot of times we're just trying to make sense out of what's happening. Yeah. And what I was able to do is to separate that people are people and God is God. So I, I remove God from why did you to, okay, this is what you're doing. And the more I I, I, I I do this work and I speak and I have this understanding and this clarity and insight I have an understanding, like God. It's not necessarily what you were doing to me; it's what you wanted to do through me. Mm-hmm. Because you know, when when things are happening to you or when injustices occur, you, you know what I'm saying. You want answers, yeah. And therapy and and healing allows you to have resolve with the answers you get, because you now can have resolve that I may never get an apology from yeah. him or her, and that's okay. As long as I have resolve within myself. And that's what I was able to do. And it created my bond stronger to God because I I asked God, I said, Well, it, it I, I couldn't imagine being David, where the, the very man that you admired became the man who wanted to kill you. Yeah. So not only was David dealing with rejection from Jesse, but he's now dealing with the intimidation and dealing with the envy of his mentor, and guess what? He just gave him. He just provided therapy to the man. For the first time in the Bible, we see music yeah. therapy, right? Cause David, you know, because he, yeah. he's playing a heart. Calm him down. You know, right? He's c- trying to calm him down because he has anxiety and he's depressing, and he knows that God has removed His hand from him. So he's like, you know, he, he's he, 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 he's anxious, and so all of that. For me to understand that, okay, God, when I heal, he allowed me to say, I still honor you. Yeah. Because David still honored Saul. And I still honored my father out of, after all the hurt and the pain. And honoring him brought even more healing mm. to me because I was able to let go, because he was in a process and he didn't have. The opportunity to go through his process, yeah. So his projections eventually came areas of my life that I had to do introspection in. Mm. So, and it's and it's 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 layered. But I'm glad that I've done the work over the past ten years because I see so many people in the space that can speak from a clinical perspective, but I love to speak from a experience. And, and the biblical, because I believe counseling therapy is a gift of the spirit.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, because there, there are moments that uh, the, the spirit will reveal something that my clinical knowledge can't conceive, mm. And I can find uh, uh, the, the root to certain things that people are dealing with. And that's, I think, you know, it's so important that you, you're you having this because people are showing up to church every day, you know, running down to the altar <clears throat> and it's okay. It's funny. I tell this story often. My mom had a friend when we was in kids and this lady was at church there every, I mean, she was at, she was at the altar every Sunday. Yeah. And I said, mama, why is this lady at the altar, man? Like, you know, I'm like eight years, eight, nine years old. And she said, I don't know this. And so later on, my mom said, uh, I heard her talking over the phone that you know, Sister Maddie was like sleeping around and stuff like that, and so, and so she was trying to get this sex demon off of her or whatnot. So as I grew up, come to find out, Miss Maddie was molested. Mm. So it wasn't so much that she was trying to get rid of the sex demon.
1: Yeah,
0: she was trying to deal with the trauma. Yeah, that perpetuated. The promiscuous behavior. And that's when I knew that I was on to something with connecting spirituality, theology, whatever people want to call it, faith and mental health, because God is all of it. Yeah. Because God is an anthropologist. Right. You know, he created language. He created how we live. Right. He created how we function. And then he brings Jesus, the psychiatrist, <laughs> right? because he's like, you know, uh, the whole has no need of the physician. But I come for the broken and I'm just like, boom, there it is. And that's why God, mental health, all that stuff, it it's it, it has to be connected. And that's what I enjoy about it now to see from these different lens to help people to understand that you're not the abuse. Yeah. You're not the molestation. You're not the abandonment, though it happened, but you're not that.
1: That's so good. I, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because that is an area where we don't often get it right in faith spaces. We are so busy judging people for the action that we never consider how that action became embedded in a part of their psyche in the first place. That's mm-hmm. part of what I try to do with my messages. It's like, I want to talk about your sin, but I want to talk about how the sin got in there. I want to talk about the yes, thoughts that yes. continue to produce the sin, yes. because if I just attack you on the sin, but we don't deal with the pain that is producing this end, and then you are just gonna find something else to do so let's really see ultimate wholeness so i love that and i know yes. it's going to help a lot of people Sis, I'm sure you've finalized your spring break plans. Whether you're taking the kids on a break or taking a break from the kids or taking a break from yourself, the ZocDoc app is something you must have on your mobile device before anyone leaves home. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Of course, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but if it happens, I know we'll be prepared. ZocDoc gives me peace of mind when we travel because I have access to verified patient reviews to see what others had to say about their recent visits. It's incredibly easy for me to find out where my health insurance is accepted and scheduling an appointment isn't complicated at all. You can see what I'm talking about for yourself. Just go to ZocDoc.com slash and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash woman evolve. ZocDoc dot com slash woman evolve. Okay, I have an advice question for us to answer.
0: Okay. All right.
1: I am in my mid 20s, single and without any kids. In this current season, I am becoming more serious about pursuing God, purpose, and being well balanced and aligned in body, mind, soul, and spirit, engaging in therapy, exercise, and self development information. Thoughts of marriage and having a family do come to mind, but first of all, I have a tendency to get involved in past romantic relationships. Then FOMO kicks in and I escape the relationship because I think. I can be just settling for myself while God has something greater Secondly, the idea of having children is amazing But I want to make sure that I am truly at a selfless state to give them the best version of myself without regret of thinking I should have waited because that would be unfair to my future children So what's your advice for me in these areas marriage family FOMO and attaining selflessness? That can help me to work out the kinks beforehand rather than later
0: Ooh, that's a thesis, Pastor Sarah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Jay. You got it.
0: <laughs> uh, so, number one, I would say, you know, when, when when you're in your 20s, right, you know, we all, we, it's, I feel like the 20 is a phase, uh, you know, of really discovery. Yeah. And I think the 20s um, are a, a time where, you you're trying to grasp on where you want to go, who you want to become, how you are going to get there, um, uh, how long it's going to take you, whether you're in college or school or or you're pursuing something. But what, what I would share to this young lady is, number one, pace yourself. See, the fear of missing out is always because we feel we're running out of time.
1: Yeah,
0: you're not running out of time. Slow down. If I can go back to my 20s, I would say to myself, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> I would say slow down. And 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 God has, has even dealt with me on this year. You know, uh, pace. Pace. Uh, and he said that I have given you grace for your pace mm. and and we can understand that there's a level of grace that is attached to each of us if we tap into it and I think that if she can tap into that grace that every area of your life will will give you what you're giving to yourself during the, during 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 this time
1: yeah
0: and so uh you know we we, And I hear that so much from so many young people. They feel like they got to get there today. They feel like I got to make the money tomorrow. I got to have the kids next year. I got to be married. And we're seeing a lot of uh, mistakes being made because decisions are made and choices are made out of the lack of wisdom, uh, little to no information. Uh, They don't have the right information. And so I would encourage this lady, just take your time, get to know you. Yeah. Discover parts of you that will come up in the relationship, in the marriage, even after the kids, because the kids are not the family. It's the husband and wife. But these kids are going to grow up, baby. They're going to do their own thing. Yeah, And so <laughs> it's important that you have an understanding of who you are before you enter into that space, because most couples that I see in therapy, Most marital issues are single people's problems.
1: Mm.
0: It's a problem that came from a single phase or single state that was not addressed, but it now becomes a marital issue because I now brought in my own ideas, my own objective and my own issues that I did not address. I'm now projecting and I'm now sharing it. So uh, uh, now if you have a different view, I feel some type of way because it doesn't line up with mine and enter into the space because it's like, well I'm, I'm behind I got to have these kids it, it really puts you in a place where you're gonna always feel like you're behind yeah And now you're bringing someone else into this 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 union or, or into this equation and it creates confusion it creates um, you know uh, the lack of synergy. And so I would just tell her just take your time. Get to know you. That's the best thing a single person can do. And your purpose—you will discover your purpose as you continue to discover yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: People are like always. Oh, I'm looking for purpose, and I'm like, have you found you yet?
1: Yeah. Because what? Because <laughs> what you gonna do with purpose? And you not you? Nothing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> because finding purpose is like people who who, who want to be on platforms. I'm like. Uh, the platform is not the purpose. Yeah. Now, oftentimes your purpose may lead you to a certain platform, but if you don't discover you, and you think the platform is where your purpose should be, it can often reveal the deficits, yeah, and the things that you have not dealt with in private. And so, I would tell her, focus on you, man. Focus on you, and let everything else come to you. Uh, I, I feel like this is a season where if you're still Mother Teresa said something that's so powerful. God is a friend to silence, still uh, stillness, uh, uh, and 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 sereneness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and he's a friend to the silent space, a friend to solitude. That's it. Silence, stillness, and solitude. And in those spaces, you can really learn who you are. That way you're not confusing people when you get involved with them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody about to go be by themselves right now. They didn't turn the podcast off to go be by themselves. Jay, I agree with everything you said. Like, girl, like if you make it out of your twenties with your whole mind, like that will be a miracle. Because yes, the twenties exactly. are out to kill, steal, and destroy your whole mind, your future, yes. your livelihood. Don't trust your twenties. Focus on Do you. Keep it. your whole mind, your wisdom, your soul, and try to make it to twenty nine mm. as a whole person. And everything else yes. will be fine. If you survive your twenties, you're gonna be all right. But them twenties, they yes. ugly for a season. Yes, and, they are. And It sounds like you're on the right track and the right path. So, like, hold strong. You worried about kids you don't have yet? Worried about a man who ain't in your world yet? Girl, worry about you and making these 20s do what they need to do and see what God does to bless you. All right? I didn't go to school for that. Okay? Jay Jay went to school. I I got what I got to tell you. Amen? (laughs) Jay, this has been amazing.
0: (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you you. so
1: much. I know you're going to bless so many people with this. If people want to find you, they want to get connected, what's the best way for them to find you?
0: Yes, you can connect with me uh, via Twitter and Instagram, King J Barnett. And then also, if you know any men that are in your life, brother, son, fathers, uncles, nephews, uh, we're on a national tour now. Jess heal, bro. We're actually in Virginia, uh, Dallas on May 12th, Houston on May 5th. So tap in uh, the website to that. It's co jesshill.co and this is a therapeutic space that i'm creating mm-hmm. for men and uh that is attached to my book jess hill bro which is a journal for men and we've we're, we're seeing such uh, a move and shift in brothers opening up crying and and come saying on. that they're wanting to become better uh we we haven't seen anything like this where men are able to come in and, and and be open uh, and and to just really express themselves and feel heard, because that's what we hear a lot of men say, they don't feel heard and don't wow. feel seen. And that's what I'm hoping uh, to continue to bring to the, the, the tour and the cities around us. So yeah, they can connect with us there.
1: Okay, I just have to tell you before we go, thank you for the work that you're doing. A lot of times we see personal growth and mental health development targeted towards women, telling women what they need to do better, how they can grow, how they can change. And no one's having a conversation with the male counterparts that we're going to do life with, not even romantic life, but who we're going to be friends with and engage with in our work environments. And so thank you for creating this space. I wish you all of the best. And anything that we can do to help men evolve, women evolve is complete completely behind it. So thank you.
0: Yes. Yes, no, and thank you as well for the work that you're doing with women evolve. I mean, it's just it, it's impacting so many young women. Uh, I, I get a lot of clients that says I was at Woman Evolve, and, and, <laughs> and it's been great uh, to 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 uh, you know encourage them to do that di- uh, deeper healing mm-hmm. because I truly believe how you heal determines how you live. It mm-hmm. determines how you love and how you function. So thank you for the work that you're doing as well. So many blessings to Woman Evolve and. Thank you for the opportunity. This was great.
1: My pleasure. You take care. Jay I want to thank you so much for sharing your experiences and wisdom with us I'm sure it's going to bless so many people delegation if you or a friend want to be my next co-host or you have an advice question for me to answer let me know send a one to two minute video about why you should be my next co-host to podcast at and use the same email address to submit an advice question don't leave me hanging now alright hit me up I'll see you
0: next week at and connects and ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream
1: Tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash and loss of appetite.